This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 6th, 2023. Road Trip, Jacob. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Isn't this just a glorious day to be part of God's creation? Amen. Here in the sanctuary, there at home, as uh, it was said on that uh, video, we're going to be looking at uh, road trips this month, and this morning we're going to be traveling with Jacob. Good morning, Connection Church. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm so glad there was a bridge between that video and that road trip thing because I'm like tears coming down watching our awesome youth and our incredible leaders. Yes. And they had so much fun and... Jeff, I was really impressed you doing that, you know, zip line and everything. Amazing, amazing. But then it all got to the main thing, which is holy, holy, there is no one like you. You are my firm foundation so that they could be open to receive what God had in store for them. So to the 11 leaders who took vacation and time away from their families, thank you. To our 31, I think, 30 youth who went, Wow, amazing. So, um, Alan, you're wearing a Christmas shirt. It's Christmas in August, you you're know? You're not seeing things, but I think you and Pat and John had this thing going. So we, could, actually, we didn't communicate it at all. It was just that. Oh, I know. You wore the shirt because you're telling me you're the gift because it's your birthday. You're my gift. Sure. <laughs> sure. By the way, thank you for all the birthday wishes. Thank you so much. Yep. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity to be here in person or online to take a look at what your word says, what you say to us in your holy Bible. Help us take this and apply it to our lives. Settle us in, remove distractions so that we can have some laser focus on you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Actually, somebody in the congregation gave me this shirt last year, and I didn't want them, I wanted them to know how much I appreciate it, and I didn't want to just wear it one time a year. Yeah. So you get a little summer use out of it as well. So, you know, isn't it something how two kids from the same family, same parents, can be so different from each other? Um, our two oldest girls, Aaron and Megan. Megan lives down in Houston. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> you know, we usually warn our children when we're going to use them in a message, but I didn't. Here's your warning. Uh, this, this is all good. It's nothing bad. Aaron and Megan, they're 17. They're born just 17 months apart, and they couldn't have been more different uh, in just about every way possible. Night and day different, you know, all good things. But anybody here have, have that in their family? Yeah. Uh, and maybe it's you. Maybe you and a sibling are, are, are night and day different. I know I was for my sisters. Yeah. Well, in the book of Genesis in the Bible, that's the first book of the Bible, we find such a pair of siblings. In fact, these two were twins. They were fraternal twins, Twins just the same, 
The babies were jostling and kicking so much inside their mama, Rebecca, that she wondered what was going on inside of her. Now, I think most of us who have carried kids, we understand what is going on inside of me. Well, here's what God well, she, told her. She had double trouble, though. <laughs> she had double trouble. Here's what God told her. The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. So the firstborn was red and hairy, so they named him Esau, which means hairy. His brother came out grasping Esau's heel. He was named Jacob, which means heel grabber. And in Hebrew, heel grabber is an idiom for deceiver, for deceiver. Esau was a skillful hunter. He loved the outdoors, the open country. Jacob, on the other hand, was content at home. If it was today, he'd be playing video games all day long. Their parents played favorites. Isaac, well, he loved Esau. And Rebecca, well, she just loved Jacob. So here's an example of how different they were. Once Jacob was inside cooking stew and his brother came in from being outside, Esau was famished. He was so hungry. And he said to his brother, well, give me some. And Jacob, always looking for the edge, remember his name is like conniver, heel grabber. He was always trying to take advantage no matter what the situation. He told his brother, okay, but sell your birthright to me. Now that doesn't seem like a big deal to us, but it was a really, really big deal back then because that means kind of giving his rights over as the oldest kid in the family, the oldest son in the family. Well, Esau, he was impetuous and he was more concerned about his hunger in that moment than his future. Jacob made him swear, which he did, to turn over his birthright and he got his bowl of stew. Esau was rather foolish and Jacob was rather slick. <laughs> In fact, Jacob was really slick. Jacob and Esau were night and day different, but I think the challenges went much deeper than that. I'd say this family as a whole was dysfunctional. In fact, they were definitely dysfunctional. Because many years later, when their father was, Father Isaac was old, his eyes were weak, he basically could no longer see, he called for Esau to to hunt him some wild game and prepare it the way he liked it so that he could eat it and bless Esau before, uh, while he still had some time before he died. Now his wife Rebecca overheard her husband sharing this with their son Esau and she shared the information with her favorite Jacob. She had Jacob go pick two goats, not out, not hunt them down, but just go out to the pen and pick them out and she prepared some stew the way her husband liked it, along with some bread. And then, this is the crazy thing. She took goat skin from, from those goats and stuck it on the back of his hands and on the back of his neck because his brother was real hairy and he wasn't. So that if his father felt him, he would think it was his brother. Does that sound goofy or what? But that's what they did. 
And, and, and then he brought the stew his mother prepared. He brought it in to his father to eat and to, and, and, and to hopefully get that blessing before his brother returned. And, and the thing is, this is, this is Jacob's, this is, uh, I'm sorry, uh, this is Rebecca. This is the wife, this is Isaac's wife. This is the boy's mother who dreams this whole scheme up. The apple isn't falling far from the tree when it comes to conniving and taking advantage of a situation. So Jacob, he brought the food into his nearly blind father, who must have been very, not real sharp either, because it was confusing to Isaac. He knew the voice was that of his son Jacob, but when he touched him, he was hairy like Esau. Now, I don't know anybody who's felt like a goat, but apparently that's Esau's nature here. And, and, and dad asks, who is it? Well, what do you think Jacob told him? It's your son Esau. He flat out lied to his father. And, 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 and so Isaac ate the food and he blessed Jacob. As Carrie said, this was a really big deal back then. Talk about messed up. Talk about dysfunctional. Talk about a mother who plays favorites. Well, Esau came in with some very tasty food that he had prepared for his father. And then his father was pretty confused. I don't know. It sounds like he had some dementia, actually. <laughs> and Esau realized, doesn't it? I mean, back then they might not have named it that, but it was crazy. And Esau realized what had happened. And Esau burst out in this loud and bitter cry, begging his father to bless him too. But it was too late. It was not to be. They couldn't bless two kids. It was the second time Jacob had taken advantage of his brother. The first time was for the birthright. The second time, and that was due to Esau's own choosing because he was so hungry. The second time, it was because Jacob out, outright lied and he stole the blessing. We read this in scripture. Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. You know, soap operas have nothing on the Bible, do they? <laughs> they have nothing on this book. You know, all families have challenges. Amen? All families have challenges. There's some even to the point of dysfunction. But this, you know, if Jacob had stuck around and Esau had followed him through on his plan, well, that would have been headline news, wouldn't it? That would have, that, that would have, been, that would have been first page. That would have been top story of the night. Mom quickly packed up Jacob and so he could go live with her brother Laban in Haran, which is where, where Sarah and Abraham had moved from years before. She said she would send word when the coast was clear. <laughs> she wasn't going to lose both of her sons on the same day. And so the road trip begins with J Jacob basically running for his life. 
And it's a road trip that's going to last 20 years. You know, there are all kinds of road trips that we can take. Sometimes it's vacation. Other times it's business road trips. Sometimes we hit the road to explore new places, new cultures, different people, different food. Sometimes our road trips are to escape. Sometimes our road trips aren't really hitting the road physically, but it's a, it's a journey. It's a, an emotional road trip of one kind or another. I know I've been on a lot of those kinds. We can learn about ourselves a lot on road trips. We can learn a lot about God, who God is on road trips. That's the road trip we have here with Jacob. So when Jacob arrives in the old country, and it's where his family comes from in Padam Aram, he immediately meets Rachel, and he falls in love. Now, now she's his cousin, and back then that's how things worked. She's his cousin, his mother's brother, Laban's daughter, and she was stunningly beautiful, Scripture tells us. He promised Laban to work for him for seven years for Rachel's hand in marriage. That was the deal. Laban agreed. Seven years later, a marriage feast was given. But when evening came, Laban brought his other daughter, Leah, rather than Rachel. And Jacob spent the marriage night with her. Again, talk about messed up. I mean, wouldn't you think he would be able to tell the difference? I don't know. But that's what we're told in Scripture. Kind of crazy. Turns out, Laban, his uncle, was as much of a conniver as Jacob, if not more. Yeah. Yep, well, you know, he's Rachel's brothers. There's a family thing going on here with conniving and taking advantage of one another. Wow. So, um, Laban said it was custom to marry off the oldest daughter first, which we, that used to be the case in a lot of places, but that wasn't what the deal was. Long story short, after seven days, Jacob was given Rachel in marriage in addition to Leah. In exchange, that's messed up too. That's really messed up. In exchange for working another seven years for Laban. Laban's pretty slick himself, isn't he? And so the dysfunction goes beyond the nuclear family to the entire clan here. So we've got Leah and Rachel and poor Leah. Scripture says that Jacob's love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah. <clears throat> so the two girls compete. Of course that's going to happen. They compete to give Jacob children. <clears throat> this whole thing is crazy. And Leah appears to win that contest with six sons and a daughter, but still not Jacob's love. Rachel was barren. Genesis 30, verses 22 through 24. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and enabled her to conceive. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph. That's who we're going to be talking about next week. And said, may the Lord add to me another son. 
Ultimately, God did give Rachel another son. His name was Benjamin. So after Jacob served the second seven years, he was ready for the road trip back to his homeland. And he asked Laban to, to let him go. I guess he'd paid the price for Rachel and had had enough of Laban's trickery. <laughs> but Laban asked him to stay, saying that the Lord had blessed him, Laban, because of Jacob as he had uh, prospered thanks to Jacob's handling of his animals. So Laban told him to name his wages and he would pay them. And Jacob suggested that Laban allow him to go through the flocks and pick out all the spotted, speckled, and dark-colored sheep and goats. Those are the less favored. Those are the ones that, you, that aren't your choice picks. So he says that knowing that Laban will say okay. And, and Laban did, he agreed, because they weren't favored. But Jacob, once again, was the slick one. And the animals he chose were not only spotted, spotted speckled, and dark-colored, but also the strongest in the flock. Jacob continued to care for both his and Laban's flocks. And while Jacob used selective breeding, uh, uh, the Lord saw to it that, that Jacob, uh, Jacob's flocks flourished. And he grew exceedingly prosperous. And, and he came to own large flocks of sheep and goats, uh, servants even, and camels and donkeys. And, and then the plot thickens. Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taking, taken everything our father owned and has gained all this wealth from what belonged to our father. And Jacob noticed that Laban's attitude toward him was not what it had been. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives, and I will be with you. Isn't it funny how people get upset when we have success? They get upset with us. So it was time to bring this road trip to an end. And God let Jacob know that it was time to bring it to an end. Jacob also knew not to trust Laban, huh, you think? And, and so he quickly and quietly put his children and his wives on camels and drove all his livestock ahead of him, along with other belongings that they had accumulated in Padam Aram, and, and, and to return to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. Genesis 32, 3 through 6 tells us this. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau. I don't know how he knew where Esau was. Maybe he saw it on Facebook. I don't know. But he, he had him to brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He instructed them, this is what you are to say to my, to my Lord Esau. Your servant Jacob says, I have been staying with Laban and have remained there till now. I have cattle and donkeys, sheep and goats, male and female servants. Now I am sending this message to my Lord that I may find favor in your eyes, that you may not kill me, that I may find favor in your eyes. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, we went to your brother Esau, and now he is coming to meet you with 400 men are with him. <laughs> So it appears that this road trip could end sooner than we think. <laughs> 400 men. Woo! Jacob was scared to death, and for good reason. The last thing Esau had said years before is that he was going to kill his brother. So Jacob divided his people, the herds, into two different groups. 
thinking that if Esau attacked one, the other one would be spared. He prayed to God, saying how unworthy he was for all that God had given him. He asked God to save him and reminded God of his, his promise to make his descendants, Jacob's descendants, like the sands of the sea, which could not be counted. There were so many. He, Jacob, spent the night there, and from what he had with him, he selected a gift for his brother Esau. 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows and 10 bulls, and 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He put them in the care of his servants, each herd by itself, and said to his servants, go ahead of me and keep some space between the herds. Mm. Yeah, you think about that's just the gift. He had a big honking herd here, didn't he? If that's just what he was going to give to his brother, just think what was left behind. So he instructed the leader to tell Esau, all these, all these that was on the screen there, belong to Jacob, and they are a gift sent from him. He was hoping to pacify Esau with these gifts. In addition to sending all of the herds, he sent his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 sons, Benjamin hadn't been born yet, across the river. And Jacob spent the night alone, all alone. And he wrestled. Have you ever had one of those nights? One of those nights when you're all alone or you feel all alone and you wrestle. One of those nights that never seem to end. One of those nights where you just pray for the sun to come up. A night so dark that you just can't wait to see that first ray of sun. There's an early saint of the church called John of the Cross, and he called it Dark Night of the Soul. Yeah, I've had a few of them. You wrestle with yourself, with your soul, and it's challenging. But it can be good. It can be good because there have been times after the wrestling where I wake up in the morning and things have gotten a little bit more sorted out. And I'm at peace with whatever it is that had me so um, disturbed in the dark. And here we find Jacob wrestling on just such a night. But he wasn't wrestling with himself. Genesis 32, 24 through 30 tells us, so Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. The man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man asked him, what is your name? And Jacob, Jacob, he answered, Jacob. And the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. 
And Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. You remember that when God talked to Abram, he changed his name to Abraham. He changed Sarai's name to Sarah. Jacob wrestled with God. He didn't die as was supposed to happen when you see God face to face. And God blessed him. God blessed him. As messed up as Jacob was, God blessed him. As messed up as we can be, God wants to bless us. God blesses us. Jacob walked away after he encountered God as a new man. He had a new name, but he walked away with a limp. A reminder of God's blessing, God's presence. And you know, he met Esau the next day. Esau by this time was quite uh, prosperous himself. And what did he do? He welcomed Jacob with open arms. That road trip turned out to be a pretty good thing when it was all said and done. You know, throughout his life, Jacob worked uh, uh, overtime, overtime, trying to control his destiny, trying to outslick everyone he met, taking matters into his own hands all the time. He came from a dysfunctional family, and he certainly added to the dysfunction. <laughs> but you know, no matter how much he tried to run the show, God was in control. God had this thing from the start, and God was the one who had this thing at the end. Jacob spent his entire life trying to take something that God just wanted to give him all along. As God told his mother, Rebecca, way back at the beginning, two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. So God had it planned all along that Jacob would be in charge, that his brother Esau would serve him. And yet, as Alan said throughout his entire life, he just kept trying to wrestle and connive and bargain for his birthright and steal the blessing. And then he had to skip town to save his life. Then he connived some more with his uncle and then he had to have two wives. I mean, wow. But that night that he wrestled with God, his life changed. He became a new person. And Jacob, wow, his new name Israel, the name of the nation. And his 12 sons would be the start of the 12 tribes of Israel. God loved Jacob not because of what he did or who he was, but because of who God is. God is love. There's nothing that Jacob could do about that, even though Jacob worked overtime to take that blessing that God had planned for him all along. You know, we're kind of like that. 
you and me. Sometimes we're kind of messed up and may even come from messed up families. But you know, none of that matters because God loves you anyway. And the thing is, no matter what we do, he can't love us any more, and, and he can't love us any less. And, and he's already blessed us and saved us. There's nothing we can do no matter how hard we try. It's already been done. Je- Jesus took a road trip for us down a road in Jerusalem as he carried the cross. The cross he was crucified on. And he did that to demonstrate his love for you and for me. And you know, no matter how hard we try, we can't earn that love, that saving grace, and we surely don't deserve it. It's a gift. And we don't have to strive for it like like Jacob spent his life doing. All we can do is accept it and say thank you. So it's the first Sunday of the month, and this is when we celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion. And so as the communion servers come up and get situated, I just want us to bow our heads and just pause a moment and have some one-on-one time with God. And consider this amazing gift that the Lord gives each one of us and wherever we are in our journey we might be still skeptical about even Jesus as our Lord or we might have been walking with Christ the whole time but all of us are we can grow every single day no matter where we are on that road on that journey and so our prayer is that you just take one more step on your road to connect with God bow your heads and let's just pray silently for a moment. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much. As we continue just another moment of silence, we want to confess to you those things that might be standing in the way of us accepting this incredible gift of your love. Lord, hear our confession, hear our prayers. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. In the name of Jesus, we are forgiven. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website 
at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers. Thank you.